Hello, Grace Church. Mark Wheeler here again, back for another week of our podcast. I hope this finds you well, and I hope your your week has been good. I know I get to bring you some fresh material on Friday, so I know you're a little bit more excited today because you're that close to the weekend. Um, but again, hope you all are doing well. Just want to tell you again how much we love and miss you guys, and we're so looking forward to the day where we can get back together at church and worship again as a, a corporate body of believers. And hopefully that day is not too far away. So hang in there. We're getting close to the end of this thing. Um, and so be encouraged. That day is definitely coming soon. So we're going to be starting this week a new series. Alinea has finished. And uh, if you have not listened to those, um, you can find those on the podcast in the weeks preceding this. Um, I hope that series has been beneficial and helpful to you. And I hope you found some strength in that. And I uh, hope you're giving Jesus the opportunity to really start something new in your life. But this week, we're going to be starting a new series called And Suddenly. And so throughout this series, we're going to be taking a look at some of the and suddenlies in the Bible. There's a, a few of them that I'm going to highlight for you about some things that happen pretty suddenly that that impact the scripture and, and are still can impact our lives today. So to get that started, I want to first bring you to Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 and start with timing. Ecclesiastes 3 1 says to everything, there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. See, every one of our lives revolves around time. It's often a thing that most of us take for granted until one day when it's too late, we realize how much time has really passed us by and that we can't get any more back. If I were to ask you what time it is, I'm almost certain that you probably look down at your watch or check your phone and see what what time it actually is. It's, It's funny because time as we know it is actually pretty recent. There's these two men, one by the name of Charles Dodd, who was a school teacher, and William Allen, who was a railroad engineer. These two guys were the pioneers that actually standardized time in the United States of America as we know it today. And that took place on November 10th, 1883. So time as we know it wasn't really standardized or originated until November the 10th, 1883. And it was only after the American railroads accepted Dodd and Allen's idea of a four time zones across the United States that trains could actually schedule their arrivals and their departures with consistency. And catch this before that time, before November 10th, 1883, every community decided what time it was on their own. Now it took another year for a meeting of 26 nations to determine the 24 hour worldwide time zone that we use today. Now, although time, the way that we describe it, hasn't been around all that long, God has been working with time since the beginning of creation. He is, in fact, the creator of time. Now, the first mention of time in the Bible is Genesis 1 and 5. It says, so the evening and the morning were the first day. And I find that interesting because when you really study out through scripture, that's actually the reverse of how the evening and the morning works for us. We 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 picture a day as the morning and the evening. Our day starts with morning, ends with evening. But in Genesis 1 and 5, it talks about how the evening and the morning were the first day. And there's a wonderful message that was preached at Because of the Times this year about that. And and I hope you all check that out. If you want the link to that, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be happy to provide that to you. That goes into some good depth and, and detail on that. It's a great message. You should definitely hear that. But the greatest chapter in the Bible that references time is Ecclesiastes 3. And in this chapter, the word time occurs 28 times. And 14 pairs of opposites divided into seven groups. I know that's a lot of numbers, so bear with me. I'm going to break that down for you. The word time occurs 28 times in 14 pairs. 
Now those pairs are opposites, so it's 14 pairs of opposites and seven different groups. Now seven biblically is known as the number of completion, and it suggests that these pairs cover almost every experience that man could face, beginning with birth and ending with death. And I do encourage you to go read out Ecclesiastes 3, those first few verses there, and see what that, that portion of scripture is talking about. And the first phrase in Ecclesiastes 3, it gives us a good perspective on time. It says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And they use two words here that really highlight what we're, what we're discussing. They use the word season and they use the word time. Now, season implies the duration and time implies a point in time. Now, because everything has a season, nothing lasts forever, especially here on earth. We know that things will fade away, but heaven, God's word, will remain the same forever throughout time. Now, God has appointed a season for everything. Seasons have beginnings and they have endings. They last, but not too long. See, in the life cycle, there's a season for birth, a season for childhood, a season for youth, where you kind of start to lose it there a little bit and do all the things you're probably not supposed to. A season for middle age and a season for old age and also a season for death. But it's all scripted and it's all orchestrated by God himself. God consistently operates perfectly in time, on time and within the proper season. And so just to give you some context, if you were to look at at what the season is, picture the summer. And if you were to look at what time in the season, picture a day or a month in the summer. So the season is the overall span of time, but the time is the actual point in the season. But sometimes things happen suddenly. Now, the word suddenly shows up around 87 times to my knowledge in the Bible. And one cool way to summarize this, I've heard it done. It's actually by William McDowell. He put out an album it was last year or the year before, and it's really the inspiration behind the series. But he starts by praying the Lord's Prayer. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says, or more accurately, as it already is in heaven. He says, when earth's not yet meets heaven's already done, we call it a suddenly. When earth's not yet meets heaven's already done, we call it a suddenly. And when heaven's perfection breaks out in the earth and we don't have a context for it, we call it a miracle. And a miracle can be described as heaven's suddenly, as heaven's already done. What we call a miracle is really the result of what has been done in heaven already materializing itself on earth. So we enter into these suddenlies. And I want to take you to some scripture in Luke. We're going to read a setting of scripture here. It's pretty familiar. We're going to read Luke 2 verses 1 through 15. And we're going to look at a couple of suddenlies here. But just a heads up, fair warning, this is a Christmas setting of scripture. And so if you needed a little pick me up or... We're just missing the Christmas spirit. This one's for you. Luke 2, verses 1 through 15. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. 
And so it was that they were in there. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babes wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the things which has come to pass, which the Lord God hath made known unto us. So I want to show you a couple of suddenlies here. We're going to start in verse 9. I'm going to read that to you actually in in a different translation. Another translation says in verse 9, And suddenly the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And again, in verse 13, it says, and suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And there's three things I want to show you here. There's three things that I believe can really help you. The first thing, the birth of Jesus wasn't sudden. I know we're talking about suddenlies and the first point I'm giving you is something that wasn't so sudden, but we're going somewhere here. So stick with me. The birth of Jesus was not sudden. It was a part of a plan from the very beginning of time. And it happened in the fullness of time, perfectly in season and perfectly on time. Galatians 4 and 4 talks about in the fullness of time, Jesus was born of woman. Jesus showed up in the fullness of time. He wasn't born suddenly. His birth was planned out, mapped out meticulously, perfectly. He did it perfectly on time in process, and perfectly in season. He entered into the world at the exact right time. Now think about this. This is perhaps the most important day for the hope of the world, other than the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the day of his birth. It symbolized hope and peace to a broken and hurting world that Jesus wouldn't let it be done without proper thought. He wouldn't let it be done without proper planning and structure and order. He wouldn't let one of the most important days for us just happen randomly. But what seems to be sudden to us was actually something that had been planned since the beginning. Because the way we read it, an angel shows up to Mary and then we flip a couple hundred pages later or a few chapters in the Bible and then Jesus is born. But that's not quite the way that it happened. It seemed so quick. It seemed so sudden to the reader 2000 years later. But this was actually something that heaven had planned as a part of the process to redeem mankind, to redeem man unto himself from the very beginning. The second thing I want to show you, this suddenly happened in the presence of shepherds. The suddenly happened in the presence of shepherds. Both of the suddenlies happened in the presence of shepherds. The word of Jesus's birth 
came the shepherds. And if you know anything about shepherds, they didn't have the highest status. It wasn't the most sought after job. It was often passed down to to someone who really didn't want to do it. They played a very, very important and pivotal role and they were respected in some sense. But it wasn't a highly sought after job. They weren't the high priests. They weren't the kings. They weren't the princes. They weren't the tax collectors. They didn't have the status of any of those jobs. But the birth of Jesus, the news of the Savior entering the world came to shepherds. And it said the shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night. So these shepherds were working at night, keeping watch over their flocks. And the angel of the Lord appears to announce the birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus was announced to people who were actively working in their calling. Jesus sent these angels to shepherds, people who weren't of high status, but they were actively working in the place that they were called. And I want to encourage you today because Jesus can show up to all of us. And he can speak to all of us. We aren't excluded from the voice of God just because our calling doesn't seem to have a high status. Just because we aren't all called to the to the highest position in the kingdom doesn't mean that we're excluded from divine visitation. The suddenly can happen in the presence of people just like you and me. But we have to be actively working in where Jesus has called us. Because if you think about it, Jesus himself was the fulfillment of the words that the multitude cried suddenly. He was the glory of God in the highest. He was peace in the flesh here to bring hope, healing and restoration to all people. He was the goodwill toward men. He was the glory of God in the highest and the peace on earth. Jesus himself was the fulfillment of this. And so something so pivotal and something so otherworldly and game changing is announced to shepherds, not the high priest, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, not the religious elite. But something so revelational is announced to shepherds. So don't feel excluded from the voice of God. Don't feel like you can't hear the voice of the Lord because you don't have a high status or because you don't have a high calling. God will show up and speak to all of us when we're actively working in where he's called us to. I've always heard it said where where people struggle to find what to do with their calling. And I've heard it said that if you can't hear Jesus telling you what to do, do the last thing that he told you to do. Actively work in where Jesus has called you and his voice will show up. The third thing I want to show you, demonstration usually follows the suddenly. Demonstration usually follows the suddenly. In the scripture that we read, Jesus establishes his presence on earth to shepherds by demonstration through an angelic host giving him praise. The angels and the multitudes appeared suddenly. But what they did after they appeared is where we see the demonstration. Because Jesus from this very moment was establishing his presence on earth like he had never done before. Making the declaration that he was worthy 
to be praised and that he will bring perfect peace to the world and goodwill to men. Jesus demonstrated his power, his strength, his lordship, his majesty through angelic host after angels showed up suddenly. Demonstration will always follow the suddenly. That's why when miracles happen, we look for the evidence. The Bible talks about how miracles, signs and wonders will follow those that believe. When miracles happen, we look for the evidence. But sometimes in our life, hope appears to arrive suddenly. And sometimes so does disaster. It arrives suddenly when we least expect it. And often in ways that we don't expect. And it takes us by surprise. And we all know this way, way too well right now. No one saw this coronavirus coming. No one saw this coming. We couldn't have predicted this. We may have been warned a little bit, but nobody actually saw the full extent of what the ramifications of this would be coming. We didn't realize what our last Sunday service together before this would that would be our last service. It caught us by surprise and it came suddenly. Sometimes disaster, just like hope, can come suddenly. But I want you to be at peace today. Because even though some things come sudden, God is not taken by surprise by anything. Great or small, whether it's important to you or not as important to you, whether it directly affects your life or has no ramification on your life, God is not taken by surprise. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what season of life you're in and exactly what time it is. And for those of us who know him and are in a relationship with him, this is the ultimate peace that he promises. And not only does he know what season of life we in and what time we're in, he cares. And because he does, he promised to work at all things for our good. So whether sudden or planned, whether thought out or done quickly, the things that we saw coming and the things that took us by surprise, God will work it all for our good. There isn't a suddenly that heaven isn't aware of and doesn't have a plan for. So be at peace today. The angels showed up to the shepherds suddenly. But what happened after was miraculous. And so I know life will come at you fast. And things happen suddenly. But whether they be good, bad. Understand that God has a plan. And he can take what happens suddenly. And work a miracle. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for your love, your grace, your mercy that you consistently show to your people. 
God, we're so thankful that what catches us by surprise, Jesus, the things that we don't see coming, God, the suddenlies in our life, God, the unexpected things that that may be for our good or maybe for our, our harm, God, the things that we see, the things that we don't see, God, they never take you by surprise. You see them and you're working it out for our good. God, give us that peace that you brought into the world on that wonderful day that you were born. God, give us that hope in the everlasting strength of who you are. Help us to plant our feet on the solid rock and the firm foundation of who you are. God, help us to trust you in uncertain times and to put our hope and our faith in you when things happen suddenly. Help us to understand, Jesus, that you see us, you hear us, and that you're for us. And give us peace in the midst of uncertainty. And when things don't go our way, God, wrap your arms around us. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all honor. In Jesus' name, amen.